0: Emily Davis was, in my opinion, one of the most beautiful girls at Valley Grove High School. She was not popular, however, because she was intensely peculiar. Many accused her, only half-jokingly, of witchcraft. She did nothing to rebuff these accusations. In fact, she welcomed them. She did, however, refuse to be called a witch. She was a self-proclaimed Wiccan, a difference that I wasn't clear on She wore black lipstick and nail polish, and her hair was dyed a deep maroon. Fishnet stockings rose from her commando boots like vines. Her presence was terrifying and enchanting. Always accompanying her were her two loyal friends. The first was her twin brother, Alan. He had a similar style and a cold demeanor. While Emily's bizarre nature found a way to be endearing, Alan was downright strange, off-putting, Their other friend was Connor Wilson. His presence in their group was, at first glance, an enigma. He looked like a painfully normal junior at Valley Grove. He wore stylish clothes and was friendly. I was confused why he chose to hang out with the ostracized twins. And then I heard the whispering and name calling in the hallways between classes. I had only been at Valley Grove for two weeks and I already knew that Connor Wilson was gay. The town of Valley Grove was less than progressive. So, despite his every claim to normality, Connor was lumped in with the kids who made potions in the bathroom during lunch. These three approached me one day at lunch while I was sitting alone. It was a Friday, the day of Halloween. Emily and Alan sat across from me, and Connor plopped down next to me. Alan stared at me, and I quickly looked to Emily. She smiled softly. Hey, new kid. I swallowed. Um, hi. Hi. Connor grabbed my shoulders and gave me a gentle shake. New kid? He questioned. You got a name, don't you? Yeah, I said nervously. It's Timothy. Well, my friends call me Tim, or I mean, they did. I trailed off awkwardly and stared down at my lunch tray. I felt Emily's hand touch mine. My heart raced and I looked up again. You got any plans tonight, Tim? Emily asked. I, no. Good. Then why don't you come hang out with us? We're going to do something exciting and we need a fourth. What are you going to do? Why don't you come and find out? We are meeting at the abandoned warehouse after the sun sets. Alan and I will be there making preparations, but I'm sure Connor would be happy to drive you there. Sure thing, Connor said excitedly. Anything for my new bud. I was confused and overwhelmed. I had no idea what they were talking about, but I knew it had to be something strange still. I couldn't deny how good it felt to have people want to be near me or even just talk to me. My transition to Valley Grove wasn't going well. I was a shy, awkward kid and didn't have any friends. I couldn't stand the thought of going home and seeing my mother's disappointment when I told her that I would be spending Halloween alone. So I agreed to meet up with them that night. Wonderful, Emily said. Alan nodded and remained silent. Text me your address, Connor said. I'll come pick you up at... Let's say six. When I got home from school, my mother was on the phone with one of the clients of her real estate business. Even though she was a single mother raising me, we were decently well off because she was good at what she did. Hey, Timmy, how was school? She asked after she put her phone down. Good. Do you have any big plans for Halloween? She asked, a hint of regret in her voice. Yeah, actually, I'm uh, meeting up with some friends at their house just to hang out. Oh, that's great, she said excitedly. Her whole body seemed to sigh with relief. Look at my boy, already so popular at the new school. She kissed me on the forehead and I went to my room. At six, Connor texted me that he was outside. I said goodbye to my mother and hopped into Connor's car. Hey Tim, hi. Connor drove us to the edge of town and up the old road that led to the abandoned warehouse. So, I began, any idea what we're doing? Yeah. Connor said. He seemed hesitant. Listen, it's going to be a little weird. It's like a ritual thing. Emily and Alan are going to take it very seriously, but you and I, we can just pretend, you know, like a game. Oh, sure. Okay, I said. Don't worry, I won't let them sacrifice you or anything, Connor said, laughing. We pulled up to the wooded area and Connor parked the car. Before us was a large building with boarded windows and peeling paint. Anxiety churned in my stomach. Inside the warehouse, Emily and Alan were standing around a large metal barrel with a fire burning in it. There were candles scattered around the entirety of the warehouse. Beneath the barrel was a symbol that I hoped had been drawn with red paint. It was a simple arrow, a triangle without the bottom line. There was a large red dot on either side. Oh, good, Emily said looking up at us. We're ready to start. The sun has just set. Emily held a small bowl in her hand. It was full of red liquid. She noticed my suspicion and said, don't worry, it's just rat blood. The base blood doesn't matter. It can be from anything that was living. The next bit of blood does matter though. Alan nodded and pulled a dagger from the sleeve of the robe he was wearing. He walked over to Emily to cut open her palm as nonchalantly as slicing fruit. Emily held her palm over the bowl and let her blood trickle in. She gave the bowl to Alan and cut his palm. He added his blood to the mixture. They walked over to Connor. He held out his hand and looked over to me. His look seemed to say to me, just play along, it's not a big deal. But my heart was pounding. After Connor added his blood to the bowl, Emily and Alan moved toward me. But Emily stopped Alan. She took the bowl and the dagger and walked up to me alone. Sit with me, Tim she said, and we both took a seat on the floor. She placed the bowl between us. Can I see your palm? I, I don't think I, Tim, she interrupted, her voice calm and soothing. It doesn't hurt, I promise. It's a tiny cut and it'll be worth it. What are we doing here? I asked, almost crying. We are going to bring someone here, she said with a smile. Someone very powerful, Someone who can give us anything we want. Think of it like a genie. This someone can grant any wish. So, is there anything you want, Tim? You can have anything. At that moment, the only thing I wanted was to not be alone. So I gave Emily my palm. She pulled the dagger across it. It only stung a bit. My blood trickled into the bowl. Emily dipped her finger in the bowl and used the blood to draw a mark on her forehead. It was the same mark on the floor. Alan walked over, dipped his finger in the blood, and drew the mark on his chest. Connor did the same, drawing the mark on the back of his left hand. I followed suit and drew the mark on the back of my right hand. Emily positioned us around the burning barrel. We call upon you, she said loudly. You, who are above all religion. She tossed a Bible into the fire, then some other books I didn't recognize. We ask that you touch us with your power so that we might be granted the desires of our hearts. Emily poured the bowl of blood into the fire. Every flame from every candle in the room exploded in a dazzling array of light. The fire in the barrel exploded too and we were left in darkness. Then the fire rekindled itself. Something was dripping from the ceiling. No, something was dripping to the ceiling. I couldn't understand it, but thick blood was dripping from the fire and up to the ceiling. It gathered there in a growing pool Then came the voice, a terrible, deep, guttural voice. Hello, children. I turned to Connor. He looked as terrified as I felt. It was real. Emily was smiling like a mad scientist who had just brought something dead back to life. Oh, great one, Emily said. I wish to receive your power, your magic, so that I can become a proper Wiccan. Yes, the voice mused. I'll give you my power. Come receive it in full. Emily was suddenly pulled down by her head. It bashed against the floor. Some unseen hands were dragging her by her skull, pulling her towards the barrel of fire. Emily began to scream. She dug her nails into the wooden floor, but she didn't slow down. The splintered wood slid under each nail and split them open, leaving 10 small trails of blood behind her. Emily was lifted into the air and her face was shoved into the fire. Her scream became monstrous as her flesh boiled and dripped away. It was the worst sound I had ever heard. Then the scream stopped. She had passed out from the pain. This is my power, the voice said. Do you like it, Emily? Emily rose through the air, her forehead pointing up. Her face was charred and disfigured, but the skin around the mark on her forehead remained untouched. She moved upward until she reached the inverted pool of blood on the ceiling. Now she'll be with me. It's what she wanted after all. Emily was pulled through the blood and disappeared. It was some nightmarish portal, and I didn't want to know where it went. Alan suddenly yelled, I desire to be free. I want to be free. Mm, the voice rose from the fire. Freedom. Yes, I will free you, Alan. I will free you from your very flesh. A flame leapt from the fire and burnt away Alan's robe. A circle of blood formed around the mark on his chest. Alan was shrieking, and I couldn't help but stare. The skin around the mark began to peel back. He was being skinned alive. His flesh parted from sinews and muscle fibers across his whole body. Finally, his skin dropped from his body like a bloodied coat. Alan looked like a drawing out of my health textbook, revealing the insides of a human being. The only skin remaining was the skin around the mark on his chest. Just like Emily, He was lifted into the air and he passed through the portal of blood on the ceiling. I turned and saw that Connor had fainted. The terrible voice rang out. Timothy, is it? I stood frozen. A good name. The voice seemed amused. Do you know what it means? It is a Christian name. Timothy means God-fearing. Now tell me, Timothy, do you fear God? Or do you fear me? The voice started laughing and I was lifted into the air by my right hand. It was the mark. Whatever this thing was, it was touching us, controlling us by the mark we had made with our own blood. Timothy, what do you desire? I'll give it to you. What do you want from me? I used my adrenaline as courage. I shouted with the utmost defiance I could muster. I don't want anything from you! I gripped my right wrist with my left hand and pulled myself up. I bit into the back of my right hand, around the mark, and tore a chunk of flesh out. I spat it to the ground, and I was instantly dropped from the air. The voice roared with laughter. Oh, well done, Timothy. You are a clever boy, aren't you? I ignored the pain in my hand and sprinted over to Connor. Without hesitation, I bit into the mark on the back of his left hand and tore it off with my teeth. You're saving him as well. <laughs> The voice laughed. Remarkable. The only people I ever meet are so boring. They are always groveling, telling me how wonderful I am and then whining to me to give them what they want. But you, Timothy, you have a wonderfully rebellious spirit. I pulled Connor by the arms and dragged him toward the exit. This monster didn't seem to care what happened. It didn't care if it caught us or if we escaped. It just kept laughing. We exited the warehouse and the voice rang out again. Yes, goodbye for now, Timothy. I hope we meet again. I'm sure I'll be seeing you in your nightmares soon enough. The voice was overcome with laughter and the laughter spread to the warehouse, shaking its foundation. Chunks of it began to break off and I saw through the door that the entirety of the warehouse was being sucked into the bloody pool. Soon, it was all gone. Then, as if someone had pulled the plug from a drain, the pool of blood was sucked into the center of itself. I heard distant laughter as the pool vanished completely. Then silence. I clutched Connor tightly and cried. He began to stir in my arms. It had all happened so fast. I could barely process anything. Emily and Alan were dead. I had witnessed something horrible, something beyond explanation. I stared at where the nightmare had been. Now, there was only darkness and an oppressive emptiness.